0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Why, hello there. It's me again, Rob Black sitting in for CFP, Chad Burton. Looks like you're stuck with me for another week. It's that time of year where we're starting to think about Easter and spring holidays and wow, the year goes by fast, no? It really, really does. Got a good show for you today. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. The number one thing is that you don't want to be shy. Chad Bird and I are very different beasts, very different animals on how we approach investing um, I don't know. It's a bear and an elephant, a bear and a wolf, a wolf and a dog, a poodle and a labradoodle. We're very different on how we approach it. And you are, too. So look at us as complimentary and not necessarily as authority. CFP Chad Burton can be found at ChadBurton.com. That's ChadBurton.com. Money investing and more private payrolls are bursting right now. The number one thing that I care about when talking about the stock market is I clearly expect it to go up seven out of 10 years. I'm going with history. You have a better chance of having your luggage lost. No, no, no. Even that's not that high of an opportunity. The best odds in the world, in my opinion, of something positive happening to you are investing. Private payrolls precedes first-time unemployment claims, which precedes the monthly jobs report. So the first Friday of every month, which if you take a look at the calendars coming up, Really fast. So today we get the private payrolls. Tomorrow we get the first time unemployment claims, and then separately, on once a month, we get first time unemployment. uh, We get the employment report. The private payrolls rose by 517 thousand in March. That's the fastest pace since September. I'm not saying you can maintain your wealth. I'm not saying it's all systems go. It's not. It's a green light ten. 9 8 it's not anything like that it's the underlying health of our economy creates the underlying health of our stock market private payrolls rose by the fastest pace in september total was just below the dow jones estimate of 525,000 but well above february's 176,000 hospitality led the way hospitality hotels restaurants It's good to see. It means people are getting ready for people to fly again. Businesses are getting ready for us to travel and leisure. Hotels, restaurants, bars, and like have the most opportunity to improve. Whereas some government jobs and some tech jobs, some construction jobs have already well come back or figured out how to keep afloat during the pandemic. <clears throat> the ones that haven't are the ones that were like, oh, we'll just pick up food. We don't need a waiter or waitress. We'll just pick up food. It's kind of nice to see. Kind of important, too. Nike is trying to transform themselves from a marketing company into a tech brand. There's big changes at Nike. Nike. We're not talking about the Satan shoes that little Naz X kind of knocked off from Nike in an effort to become richer. We're talking a little something different. <clears throat> Nike, you might clearly remember, is a Phil Knight company. You think Oregon, you think the football program, the crazy uniforms, You think the swoosh athletics growing up. Maybe you think somebody like LeBron James. In January 2020, right before the pandemic hit, John Donahoe took over at Nike. And now that he's a year plus into his role as CEO, through a pandemic, um. He's going to start putting his his label, his stink, if you will, on the company. He's the former eBay and ServiceNow CEO. He has a very bold mission to transform Nike from a marketing-first company into a tech juggernaut. Instead of selling shoes primarily in stores, he wants to push more products online and through smartphones. I will be honest with you. I'm not a Nike enthusiast, but when I jog, and I have not really gone jogging in the last year, I have to wear Nike shoes. They protect my feet probably the best out of all the brands. And that's not a scientific thing. It's a thing that just worked out for my body. So will I ever buy shoes from Nike on a smartphone? I don't know. Would I do that as a leap of faith? But no, no. See, I'm a regular customer. I know the exact brand that I wear. I know the exact size that I wear. So I always have to... I always have the next generation on my feet coming down the road. Nike is going to reap a hefty financial reward by eliminating middlemen. If you ever work in retail sales, you know that the cost of acquiring something, if you ever unpack any of the packages for your retail company, it will be like, we're marking this up 100%. In its latest quarterly report, Nike said it grew online sales by 59%. So McDonald's, Starbucks, have very much so embraced app technology. On top of it, you probably remember a couple of weeks ago me talking about Yum! Brands and Taco Bell and KFC spending billions of dollars on app startups. Nike's transformation doesn't play to the company's historic strengths, which has resulted in some difficult changes. They're firing a lot of people right now. Nike has a angle on storytelling. Go back and look at the, um, <clears throat> the uh, Kaepernick Black Lives Matter and how they stood up for Kaepernick at a time when most of America was like, not most of America, where part of America was like, what's going on with this national anthem thing with this guy? Nike's like, we got his back. So Nike's trying to digitize. I like stories like these to remind you that it is important for companies to stay with the times and stay with their customer base. It is well heard on my show and Chad's show that millennials are driving purchasing. If a millennial is willing to buy a house with an app, you damn well better know they want to buy shoes with an app. Biggest risk for their business model is losing customers and sales. It's not whether LeBron breaks his leg. They, they got other athletes down the pike. When a consumer comes to one of Nike's websites, Nike is able to look at all kinds of metrics that can help them better understand shopping. And that's really the super most important thing that Nike has to do right now, is effectively integrate digitization which probably means they're going to have to fire a lot of their old marketing employees. People who came to the company, like, we need to be the swoosh, we need to be the Kaepernick thing. Now they need to be the app thing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. sitting in for CFP, Chad Burton. Find him at chadburton.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I am unapologetically a YouTube fan. Only because back in the late 80s when I was going to college, they were alternative music. They weren't radio friendly. This is a little two way radio friendly. But the best part about this song is it's something I used to sing to my kids when they'd go to bed. I didn't know nursery rhymes well. So when I would say, You're the best thing about me, the best thing that ever happened to me. God, don't we all wish we had somebody say that to us as children? I do. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. I'm Rob Black, sitting in for CFP, Chad. Berth. Home prices have continued their pattern of strong annual growth in January. Economic data tends to lag just a skosh, Right. But the Case-Shiller Index is saying, uh, if you're a renter, you're a loser. If you're a homeowner, you're a winner. Home prices nationally saw an annual gain of 11.2%. Wow. Not as good as the NASDAQ last year. Up 40%. But historically, pretty damn good for homes. Again, if you own one a good friend of my family's announced yesterday that they're moving. And instantly my first thought was, I wonder if their landlord kicked them out into selling the house because they are who's in their fifties and they have children who are in fifth, sixth, seventh grade. And I, I was like, in California, you, you tend to get into a rental situation and stick with it a pretty darn long time because to change is a costly. And be filled with questions. I don't know what it's like to be a 25, 35 year old in the Bay area renting, but I can tell you this friend of mine who's in his fifties, it has to be stressful to be renting as a way of putting your family in a home to send them to school because you're like, man, I'm sending another rent checkout, man. I'm sending another rent check out. man. It's been five years. I've been sending out rent checks. So I was kind of stoked for him when he said he was moving to grass Valley, which is kind of mid state Sacramento area. And at the same time, I was like, I wonder if he was forced out due to high costs. And the answer is probably. So keep in mind, when you see home prices soar, there's a plus and a minus. My community is hurting today because it's losing one of our beloved families. Not like boo-hoo for Rob, but boo-hoo for the community. When police officers, when firefighters... A good friend of mine is a firefighter who lives in Lake Tahoe because he was able to buy a house in Lake Tahoe for 50% off what he would buy one for in the Bay Area. And the way firefighters tend to work is 4 days on, 3 days off kind of scenario, so he just has a really long commute on the 2 days that he has to drive to work in the week. One driving home, one driving driving back um my community loses one day when there's a fire and i need a neighbor to jump out of his house and jump over to my house to put a fire out it's not going to happen because he's going to be in tahoe one day when there's an earthquake which is not exactly uncommon in the bay area my firefighter is going to be in tahoe most of his fire engine lives in Sacramento or beyond and they commute to the bay area that's weird so when you see home prices and you go woohoo for me just know that there's a boohoo for someone else january's performance is particularly impressive in historical context in more than 30 years of s&p core logic case shiller data january's year over year change is comfortably <clears throat> one of the top winners It's a good month. Home prices experienced historic growth rates in 2020 and into the new year. Home prices increased by 1% in January, which is relatively still high, but represents the smallest month-over-month gain since June 2020. There's worries that there's an impact of declining home affordability. I saw a home yesterday sell. It had 70 all-cash offers. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I want to sell my home and they got 70 all cash offers and more were still coming in. They went one that had all their paperwork ready and they were ready to go. I can't imagine competing with 69 other people. Speaking of which, when I did buy a home in the Bay area, I was able to sneak it in with no other bids It was this time 12 years ago, during the Easter break, that I found a home, put in a cash offer, a large cash offer. Well, let's go back. I spent over a year looking for a home back in 2008, 2009, 2010, when the markets were correcting, when you can get a home 30% off. Some markets never saw that 30% off. My market never saw it. My market saw above ask every single offer and it has every single offer since I've lived here. So I found a home, my real estate agent called me all excited. She goes, you have to put in an offer. It's Tuesday, Easter's on Sunday. They're doing an open house on Sunday, which is kind of weird to me. Like, I don't know if I would do an open house. And like, some people are going to kind of stay with their families, right? Some, right? If you're, if you're looking for maximum foot traffic. So I quickly figured it out. Who lives there? I asked the real estate agent. And she goes, One woman. She's in her upper 80s. Uh, she's moving to an old folks home. Her and her family have been there for 50 years. Where's the family? All out of state. Mostly in Texas. So the family was coming up to visit mom for Easter and do an open house. So it clicked in my head. Write a letter about me and my family. And say, you know, hey, we got a kindergartner. You know, blah, blah, blah. Put the spiel on hard. Include pictures. So I did. And this is on Wednesday. And I said, here's a beautiful offer. You can now have Easter with your family. And she said, yes. She could have got, and wait, I got $50,000 knocked off. She could have said no and waited for the open house. But I said, hey, have a great Sunday. You and your family should celebrate you. It's interesting, the games and the the webs that are woven into real estate tapestry in up markets and down markets and sideways markets, and who gets it on all 70 cash offers and who doesn't. And who was the last person that he could find who got in below ask? Me. That real estate agent blew it. I'm Rob Black, sitting in for CFP Chad Martin. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black, sitting in for CFP Chad, We're talking about creating wealth. Big thing going on in technology trends right now is competition on spoken word audio conversations tied towards sports or hobbies or what have you live conversation media okay for real baby chewy for real for real for real fur dog fur uh Chewy had a really good quarter. Chewy is one of those companies that strangely does online dog food delivery. And to say that they do it on a social platform is almost ridiculous because our dogs don't really know how to speak, I don't think. And I don't think they really take selfies except for when we make them. But they had a darn good quarter. Why? Because, baby, when we pandemic and separate our children from the rest of the world, we buy them puppies. Hey, I know you can't have friends right now, but you can have a puppy. Mom and dad are afraid to go to the grocery store and pick up dog food. We're afraid to go to the dog store and pick up dog food. We'll order it online at Chewy. Now, Chewy does it really well. They're essentially pets.com. They're essentially that same company that had the sock puppet dog 20 years ago. And they just did ePets.com and they call it Chewy.com. Great quarter. In the future, will we still support them? Probably because they have done some of the social aspects correctly of online purchases. And what I mean by that, they ask for a picture of your dog. Sometimes they'll give you an oil painting back of your dog. You're like, What did I just? Why I just ordered twenty dollars of dog food and you sent me a big old framed picture of my dog? Yes. Nice quarter, up ten percent after crushing the earnings expectation and raising guidance. Sadly, that what's telling me there. And if you've not looked at Boston Dynamics, um, they make robots. Something tells me there's robotic dogs working in factories packing food for real dogs. When you have crushed expectations in your earnings report, and you're basically a warehouse company that sells bulk food, I'm for it. I'm not against it. I'm for it. Here's your crazy statistic for the day. Speaking of warehouses... About $14 out of every $100 worth of stuff we buy is spent online. Now think about that for a second. So your food, your air purifier, what have you, $14 out of every $100 of stuff you buy to bring in your home comes from online commerce. This is going to freak you out. $5 of that comes from Amazon. Amazon. So, basically, one-third of online commerce in your life goes to Amazon. I think it's higher for me. I, I think I'm an Amazon abuser. Amazon is a giant that dominates Internet spending. Amazon has huge Internet sales. But still relatively puny on things like they don't sell Teslas. They don't sell mortgages yet. Amazon's size influences how the public and the policymakers think about the company, and yet while the company's share of spending matters, it also doesn't tell us everything. Get nerdy with the numbers on Amazon, and your head will explode. Amazon's going to be responsible for more than 40 percent of Americans' e-commerce spending this year, the second largest Internet store. Walmart is at about 7%. Walmart's doing everything they can to hire, 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 and get ready for more and more online spending. But Amazon's at 40%. Walmart's at 7%. I do buy a pair of jeans from a European company that's not named Amazon, but it wouldn't surprise me if Amazon bought them one day. U.S. government data on online shopping puts Amazon at about 5% of all U.S. retail sales. That number glosses over huge variations, whether it be books or electronics. Online shopping is well over half of all purchases. Amazon's getting the big chunk. Now, keep in mind some other things that you spend on. That you may or may not think of Amazon in a way, shape, or form at this point in time. And for instance, one of them comes to mind when I when I say this category, you're gonna go, Oh, I know what retailer does that. Gasoline. Who does gasoline? Costco. And it's one of the things that keeps us at Costco because if gasoline to fill up your car is at three fifty, you can go to Costco and get it for two fifty. They don't want to make any money on that. They want, you to, they want to make money on selling you that freaking fracking card that you may or may not use, that membership. They're not trying to gouge you on the gas. Americans still buy almost everything in person, whether it be groceries, cars, or gasoline. But Amazon is taking note of that. A few years back, I was at the gym. That tells you how long it's been, right? And there was a flyer on my car when I came out that said something like, hey, while you're at the gym next time, we can come fill up your car for you. And I'm like, whoa. I don't even have to go to a gas station anymore? It's not Amazon, but had that company been successful, I could see Amazon totally doing that. And while we're at it, we'll put packages in your vehicle. Amazon offers a different perception that they're not big and large, but they're big and large. Amazon has a profound influence over people's behavior. When you get a cookie on your... Okay, so around Easter time, I like to buy a family ham because my mom did it for X amount of years. I think this is fair for me to say... My family was raised Catholic from the South, and they were lapsed Catholic by the time I got into kindergarten, which means they would stopped doing it. I have four of, considerably old. My family's got a big age range. So by the time my oldest brother was in, finished with high school, I wasn't even born. But that gives you the perspective of eh, maybe I was. Maybe I was like three but it gives you the perspective that they, they put in their, their time. <laughs> but we always got hams. And I'm like, so yesterday I got a ham and then I jump on Amazon, to check on an order. And I'm like, they're asking me, do I want ham? And I'm like, what? Cookies, right? T-Mobile said this week that it's ditching a short lived attempt at making its own live television. T-Mobile is saying, you know, we're going to jump on that YouTube TV thing, which again, how many companies are competing for how many dollars? Apple's competing for our cell phone, but then they want the Apple Pay every time we pay. My credit card company said, We'll give you 500 points if you tap to pay three times the next month. I never tap to pay, I just insert my chip, right? They want me to start tapping. So, YouTube and Google, Alphabet, They're competing for the smartphone market, but they're also competing for television. Amazon's in television. Amazon's just signed that big NFL deal. How many dollars do we have to spend outside of Apple, Alphabet, and Amazon? Let's just say it's starting to get less and less and less. And it's almost like water. Water finds cracks and gets into it. I feel like Amazon is water finding cracks, you know? Amazon is a giant that dominates our internet spending giant data can be for lack of a better word in this case weaponized. Amazon is very, very good at finding information about what we want and how we want it and when we want it and ultimately saying, we got that covered. I don't think they really care about being the best video streaming service. Does, don't you feel kind of like that? Like, you feel like Netflix really wants to win the awards and dominate best programming? Or is that HBO Max? Let's see. It gets kind of confusing. But there's very few companies chasing our dollars. Democrats are advancing another spending proposal to Biden's desk, totaling about $3 trillion in infrastructure. Didn't we just pass a $1.9 trillion spending bill a few weeks ago? So if Biden is able to get this infrastructure bill done, that would be $5 trillion spent in the first three months of the year. It's a lot of money. And that is an economy you can't sit on the sidelines and go, I'm waiting for a down move. I've never seen that kind of money committed to an economy ever before. Is it real money? No. Does that count? Yes. Am I going to hold it against it? No. Do I like it? Not really. It's a lot of money coming. We're spending more than we did for all of World War II in a span of a few months. Even when you factor i mean, you have to factor in inflation there. But it tells you we are fighting this aggressively. I'm Rob Black, sitting in for CFP Chadler. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. President Joe Biden is going to unveil a $2 trillion infrastructure package. I incorrectly said $3 trillion earlier. As the administration has been floating trial balloons to see what the media get outrages with and what we're going, oh, that's smaller than 3 trillion. Essentially moving the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%. Republicans slashed the levy on corporate taxes from 35% to 21% as part of their 2017 tax law, which added rocket fuel to the economy. What would a tax increase equate to corporations? May not be as bad as you think. On the surface, you're like, higher taxes can't be good. Probably pretty darn true. As far as supporting the economy. Corporations tend to have a profit aim, and when they don't hit it, they tend to fire people. But in this case, it would be keeping more and more Americans at work. These Americans would be getting $621 billion put into bridges, roads, public transit, ports, airports, electric vehicle development. I don't know a lot of construction people. In California, there always seems to be a need for construction because of wildfires and earthquakes. But $621 billion in the United States is a lot of money for a lot of companies to pay a lot of employees to make plane uh, airports, boat docks, electric vehicle development, that's a lot of stimulus. That's real money that's given to create real jobs. When you fix a road, there's someone who has a stop sign on either side and a walkie talkie. You always seem to hit it right when you don't have time. There is real people who put the dirt in the ground and put the shovel on top of the dirt and put steamroller on the top of the dirt. And like there, those are real jobs. I'm all for infrastructure spending as stimulus. It gets a little bit messy in my head when it's like, yeah, just send people checks. But if you're in the hotel restaurant industry, you're not in construction. So I, I, maybe I see both sides. It's going to give the infrastructure project $400 billion to care for elderly and disabled Americans. That seems a little bit huh? I'd like a little bit more information on that part of it. It's going to inject more than $300 billion in improving drinking water infrastructure, expanding broadband access, and upgrading electric grids. We saw what Texas needs a better electric grid, right? We've seen New York go to blackouts. We've seen California have rolling blackouts all in the last 20 years. Those are three states and cities that, ah, uh-uh, that's not acceptable. I remember going to work and the power went off. My boss is like, Well, let's all go grab a drink at Houston's. We work right next to the on the market area, and Houston's was like, Okay, we'll come back to work when the electricity turns back on. I'm like, Okay, I'm going home. We have to have a better electricity, electrical grid. Investing $580 billion in American manufacturing research and development and job training. I can't argue with any of that. I question Americans' want for manufacturing jobs. But I'll leave it at that. We seem perfectly content to offshore our jobs when the economy is strong. We tend to want to onshore. Manufacturing jobs when economies get tough. Eight hundred, five, one, six, twelve, twenty to each calls on the air. The headlines today on Bitcoin are very dramatic. The headlines today are very optimistic on Bitcoin. The headlines on air travel. Delta's gonna stop blocking middle seats as of May one. So you're gonna have to sit next to somebody. I see stresses out there. I see stresses as people have to start breathing on each other again. But Goldman Sachs is close to offering Bitcoin and other digital assets to its wealth management clients. Bitcoin may be very, very close to an intermediate top, so says one analyst. And one Bitcoin analyst is shocked at how fast Bitcoin and crypto is being adopted. There's a lot going on there. Pfizer and BioNTech say the COVID vaccine is 100% effective in kids ages 12 to 15. Every now and then there's a piece of data that makes my mind go, huh, I don't know what to think of that. I'm a little slow. Doesn't make a lot of sense. 100% effective? How much of that is just naturally children, right? I don't know. I believe in vaccines. I had to help a kid with school yesterday and talk about the difference between vaccines and antibiotics and you take antibiotics when germs are already in your body. You take vaccines to fight off future germs. And I try trying, trying to explain science to a, a child is like it's easier than you think. Trying to explain science to an adult, it's nearly impossible. Anyhow, the shot is 100% effective in kids ages 12 to 15. Facebook is saying they're going to let users take more control of what they see rather than focusing reliance on algorithms. Uh, Trust me, we don't trust you, Mark. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram need to make changes to fight harassment. Hardcore. I don't know. I saw someone recently tweet something. I'll get back on Twitter when people are as nice as they are mean. I, I kind of agree with that statement. Everything I do on Twitter is like, don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything stupid. Don't get people mad at me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black's show. Find Chad at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com.